You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 196. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we are talking about why portfolio management matters to your organization and its ability to deliver on strategy most effectively and why it's also crucial to your own success as a PMO leader and your ability to earn and keep your seat at the table. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by a really cool partnership between us here at PMO Strategies and our dear friends at Transparent Choice. Align actions to strategy with a unique system and the software that transforms the way you make those decisions. Transparent Choice software makes decades of proven decision science and makes it accessible for anyone. Your organization's most valuable assets don't sit on your balance sheet. They sit on your chairs. Transparent Choice believes the key to winning in a knowledge-based economy is the knowledge of your people and that syndicating different perspectives delivers better outcomes than shouting on Zoom. Their solution is designed to facilitate this collaboration while reducing both the noise and bias, delivering governance-friendly transparency and a quantifiable basis for rational decision-making. You'll learn a little bit about Transparent Choice's approach today And then if you want to learn more about our partnership and how you could even get access to our impact engine system for free, just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash transparent choice. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash transparent choice. Okay, let's dive in. With me today is Stuart Easton. And Stuart is now a longtime friend and has gotten into all kinds of trouble with me here at PMO Strategies with the PMO Impact Summit. He's been a longtime supporter of the PMO Impact Summit. He is a regular guest on the Impact After Hours, which if you have not participated in, is a super cool, fun, and different kind of a treat where we have, you know, kind of a quasi happy hour Uh, Like we used to do back in the old days in, you know, real time when we used to get together at pubs and coffee shops and talked about what really happens in organizations, what it's really like to do the kind of work we do in the PMO space. And so it's kind of like that, but virtual so that you can watch it uh, from the comfort of your home, kicked up with your favorite beverage, feet on the couch and just relaxing, having a good time and learning a few things too. So Stuart's been involved in that, Uh, the PMO Impact Summit. We've done all kinds of fun webinars and podcasts and all kinds of other things. And the reason I just adore working with Stuart is because he really gets it. And what the difference is between those of us that are really making a big impact in our organizations and helping our organizations deliver on strategy, what it takes and has dedicated so much, countless hours of time and energy to helping us, all of us, figure out how we can do that better, how we can truly make the biggest impact possible. So that's what Stuart is to me and to the rest of the world. He's the founder and CEO of Transparent Choice. He is on a mission, as I said, to help PMO leaders deliver successful projects. And he's a guest lecturer on project prioritization at the University of Oxford. And he also speaks at various PMO conferences and events like mine, the PMO Impact Summit. Now, his talks usually focus on how PMOs can deliver strategic value, identify waste, and eliminate those pesky pet projects. 
So with all of that said, Stuart, thank you so much for being here and joining us for this podcast today. As usual, it's it's great to be with you. And actually, actually, as you were talking, it reminded me, I was I was trying to explain to somebody the other day what the, the, the PMO impact after hours was. And it was kind of like mm-hmm. friends, but without the word yes. like being massacred every two minutes, but it's friends for PMOs, right? Exactly. It's our own friends episodes. What a good way to put it, because we've got all these brilliant thought leaders. And then we have some additional guests that join us from time to time. And as we lead up to the event, but they are definitely a fun way to talk about some of the tough things we have to talk about, like what your executives expect from you, what to expect from PMOs over the next years, many years, what we should be doing differently that we're not, how we're getting in our own way sometimes as PMO leaders. And all those tough topics, right, Stuart? Absolutely. But it's never heavy, right? It's always it's yeah. always fun. Little glint yeah. in the Chardonnay. And and I guess <laughs> you know, if we're doing it every day at the at the summit, at the end of the mm-hmm. week we should take a we should take a vote on which of the panelists is Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe. That's awesome. I don't know. Some days I'm Phoebe, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, there are days when I think I qualify as well. So let's let's see. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It depends. Anyway. It depends on the day, right? So anyway, um, I, I definitely want to dive into this really important topic um, about um, portfolio management. And, you know, one of the things, Stuart, that you've heard me say, I know, is that it's probably one of the most important things you can do to provide service to your organization as a PMO leader. And in fact, I did a recent podcast episode saying that that's where you should start is with project portfolio management. If you're not sure where to start, You want to start there because a lot of the challenges, pain points, and questions that business leaders have can be solved with not an overly complex solution, but having some portfolio management capability. So I'd love to hear your perspective on why it matters so much to organizations. And maybe if we can thread in a little bit of the business leader's perspective, what they're thinking about and what the challenges are that they're facing. I think that might be super helpful for our audience. Great. Thank, thanks for that, Laura. So, so yeah, the, so the, at the end of the day, the, the, the business leaders care about results, right? They care about value. They care about uh, delivering for the shareholders, delivering for the customers and, and so on. And they don't really care about your projects, Right. right. So, so we, we all, we, we love our triple con- constraints, right? We, we love, <laughs> we love on time, on budget, uh, non-target, right? We think that we think that's the coolest thing, but the only reason any of that matters is because it's delivering business value. Right. And so um, portfolio management, and we shouldn't confuse portfolio management with PPM, right? right. So, so P- PPM tools do a job, but that job generally isn't portfolio management or it's part of portfolio management or it's you know some coverage but not all coverage or whatever mm. it is so let's so let's set aside any discussion about tools for today and, and just talk right. about the practice of portfolio management and so so given that that all the business cares about is getting results then really what we care about is making sure that we can deliver projects effectively you know efficiently you're on target, delivering the business value, um, and uh, and that's what portfolio management does, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what I hope to cover today and, and and kind of convince you is that working at the portfolio level has an impact on those project success rates, on that that your ability to deliver value to the business. Right? Right. So it's not it's not all about how do I execute my projects, which is where many many PMOs spend lots of time. 
right? They go straight to project execution. If, if we're not doing well, it must be because we're not executing well. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the reality is that, that good execution can only take you so far. Um, you know, if you look at, um, you know, the number of qualified project managers and the number of certifications and uh, the, the amount that we, that we spend on PPM tools and all the rest of it to help us implement methodologies, um, you would expect that project success rates over the last couple of, you know, decade, decade and a half would have just been climbing, 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 but they haven't. They've been pretty, they've been pretty stagnant in, in the sort of 60-ish percent, right? right. So, so clearly project execution can only take you so far. Um, and, and actually, um, you know, my company, Transparent Choice, we focus on uh, project prioritization. But it was, and it was one of the other panelists on the, uh, on After Hours, on the PMI After Hours, Donna, the, mm -hmm. the, Donna Fitzgerald, who turned me on to the fact that actually, Stuart, it, it's this portfolio management thing that, that makes the difference. And she's absolutely spot on. She's, you know, uh, as we as we joked on the session last week, we're not worthy to uh, yeah exactly <laughs> to worship at the temple. Poor Donna's been brought up in multiple podcasts over the last few days, and I know that's going to embarrass her because she mm. definitely doesn't toot her own horn. But she, she worked for Gartner for a decade and was their expert in project portfolio management, and so she's taught us all a lot about where we've been and where we're headed. So. Um, shout out to you again, Donna. Uh, so, Yay, Donna. We love Donna. And if you haven't met her, you will definitely meet her at the PMO Impact Summit. Uh, she's in the community. She's in our app and she is speaking at the summit this year and she's on the podcast as well. So there's uh, plenty of Donna to go around now that we've thoroughly embarrassed her. So <laughs> indeed, indeed. She'll, she'll be there. You won't, you won't be able to avoid her. Um, so, so jumping back to the the why does it matter, right? So let's yeah. let's so we, so we want to be able to deliver more value, and and so I'm going to use the triple constraints as, as kind of a as a crutch to help illustrate some of the some of the value of mm -hmm. portfolio management. So the the PMI, um, you know, a few years ago, two, three, four years ago, did um, did some research looking at different project delivery teams around the world, mm -hmm. and and comparing the top performers with ones that perform badly. You know, so I think it was the top 10% and the bottom 10% or something. And, um, and, and the biggest difference that they found between them, because all of these uh, project delivery teams, they all had qualified project managers. They all used uh, you know, Prince2 or you know, PMBOK or whatever, whatever it is to, to, to run the projects. Right? So they, they were all doing that. Mm -hmm. But the statistics between the winners and the losers were, were, could not be more different. And, and the main difference between these two types of organization is how well they focused on and delivered portfolio management. Really? Right? So, there's, wow. so there's something about portfolio management that just helps us perform better. So let me, let me share those stats. So actually, pop quiz time. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> All right. So the top performers, they deliver yeah. projects how often on time? What do you reckon? What percentage on time? Let's see. Um, well, and again, we're using this as a crutch, right? Because we yep. all know that on time, on scope, on budget doesn't guarantee value. That's right. We're, we're just um, using it as a proxy. Yep. Let's say somewhere in the 80, 80%. Pretty close. 88. 88%. 88%. Huh. 88%. Okay. Now, the, the poor performers, that same number was 24%. Wow. Now let's think about this just for a second, right? So, so in terms of business value, because that's what we said we care about. Right. So if you've got a project that's going to 
generate $10 million of revenue a year. Mm-hmm. And you deliver that project six months late, right? That's not just six months late. You've, you've cost, you've lost $5 million by being late. Right, right. Okay. So late isn't just late. Oh God, it's on my, on my scorecard and that's not good. Right? Right. Late is lost business value. Yes. Exactly. Now, a year, a year ago, uh, when we were doing this, we were preparing for the, uh, for the summit. You and I had the, had the conversation. And I don't know if you remember, I was in my sweaty cycling gear. I was on a bridge. Oh, I remember. You remember that? We're uh, on so a bridge. I was on a, yeah. That's right. And over a highway. Uh-huh. And, that, and that highway had trucks and cars zooming up and down. And that highway shouldn't have been open yet. Right? They were early. They delivered extra value. Um, and they delivered it early. And that meant that all those drivers and that freight and all the rest of it, they were getting to where they needed to be, you know, half an hour quicker, saving fuel, reducing greenhouse emissions, all that kind of good stuff. Right. right? So, so it works both ways. If you bring it in quicker, you can deliver more value. Mm-hmm. So, so the guys who do it well, the guys who, inf- who do portfolio management, well, remember that was the key differentiator. They're delivering that value on time. They're delivering that value quicker to the business more often. Okay, so let's let's flip it around now and look at how many projects finish on budget. And again, this is just a, a proxy for, for delivering business value. So, so the top performers, how many do you think finish on, on budget? What percentage? Finishing on budget? Oh, geez. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in that 90% of on budget, somewhere like yep. that, on budget. If it's 88 um, on time, I don't know, maybe somewhere around 88 on budget. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's 90% on budget or 10% late. Okay. And, and the guys who, uh, who don't do that, don't do the portfolio management piece terribly well. Um, they, they finish, uh, they go over budget significantly over budget on three quarters, 75% of their mm. projects. So it's really clear again, you know, I mean, it's just money, right? Who cares about money? What mm-hmm. we really care about is delivering that value, but do you know what? That's a huge difference. That's a seven and a half times difference mm-hmm. between doing it right and doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and what sticks out for me is, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about this and you were chatting, you and I were chatting about ROI before we started here. Um, that means that we are losing that potential return, right? We're decreasing our ability to get a return. If we're just talking strictly dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And we know in the real world, return is about much more than just dollars. Um, there's all kinds of ROI, different kinds of return on your investment. But if we're just looking at the budget and let's say that, and I like to do it in very simple terms for um, our project leaders to think about, um, let's say that you are managing a project that is, you know, on time, on budget, you delivered the scope, but you manage that scope so tightly that the things you actually needed to get delivered were never delivered. And so you're patting yourselves on on the back for on time, on scope, on budget but the value wasn't realized because nobody used whatever that product service or deliverable was because it didn't have the right things in it. Now let's assume it has the right things in it, but they really needed to be on, you know, in the market at a certain time, or they really needed to only spend a certain amount of money to make that project worth it. If you're over budget 75% of the time or 25% of your, you know, the time you're going over the time limit, you were eating into the ability for your business leaders to recognize a return on the investment that made that project worth doing in the first place. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. And it's, it's huge. And, and it, and, and the difference becomes even more pronounced when you get to the bit that you and I really care about, 
right. which is the, the on target, right? So have we delivered the business benefit that we set right. out to deliver? Right. And um, just to put you out your misery, right? The, so the, the, the guys who don't do a good job um, deliver about a third of the projects. They, only, they deliver the business value on about a third of the project. So two thirds of the time, they're not delivering the value that the business wanted. Wow. Now the, the top performers are delivering that business value 92% of the time. Now, from an organization's point of view, that's enormous, right? Because that, right. that means that we can plan, we can execute our business strategy, we can achieve goals, we can make our customers successful, make our business successful and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Right? So that's, that's good for the business. But just imagine the, those two PMOs, right? Imagine they met in a pub. Yeah. Like we have pubs over here. You guys have bars. So, <laughs> we have a pub or two every once oh, in a while. Come on. You know what? I used to live in Boston. You go to the Cheers. Oh, God, it's just not a pub. Don't, don't get me started. No, you don't. <laughs> well, well uh, down here in Florida, we'll take our beachfront bars any day. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'll give you that one. Uh, I think I probably would as well. But, but you know, imagine, imagine those two PMOs, right? Someone who's yeah. delivering the business benefit a third of the time and someone who's delivering the business benefit 90% of the time, 92% of the time, right? The, the guy who delivers it thir- a third of the time, yeah. he's going to be sitting there going, do you know what? My business users are a real pain. They hate me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. I never know when I'm going to get fired or whether, right. I don't know where the trouble's coming from next. Right. And the other guy's sitting there, and he's just kind of chilled out and joined his Mai Tai. Right. Because his life isn't like that. His business users, users are partnered with him and they're getting great value from him and they can't wait to see him and include mm-hmm. him in, in everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so this stuff makes a real difference to the organization, but it makes a real difference to how the PMO, the person, the PMO leader, you know, the, the, you know, whether they're seen as an impact driver or not. Right. Well, and, you know, it goes beyond that. Like, I can tell you without even meeting these two fictional people, but these are real people in the real world. These conversations are happening all the time. These results are real. These, the numbers you're talking about here are based on a pretty significant study from PMI. I can tell you which one has their seat at the table and which one doesn't, right? I can tell you which one is treated as a strategic business partner who has become a trusted advisor, who is valued, who's appreciated, who's respected, who is heard right? I can tell you that that 92% person is the one that is really making change happen, is seen as a critical part of the strategy delivery process. And like you said, is getting to sleep on nights and weekends is, is, you know, is calm and happy and satisfied and valued, appreciated, respected, all the things we all want as PMO leaders, that person has it while the other person, you know, is, you know, and, and, and frankly, it feels like everyone's against them. Right. And so of course they're complaining, oh, my stakeholders, oh, my business leaders, oh, they don't trust me. They don't respect me. They don't value me. They don't, you know, they don't let us do what we need to do. They don't take us seriously. They see us as ministry of overhead. And that's because in their eyes, all you do is stand in the way of value delivery as opposed to driving it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I I don't want to pretend that the only thing that the champions do differently is that they focus on portfolio management, right? I'm sure they do a bunch of other things as well, but that was the thing that the PMI identified as being the biggest driver of difference. Right. I've got even more statistics I can throw at you. Oh, good. Fun. I actually love this stuff because it takes, you know, it's the real world. It's the real world put into some numbers so that we can really clearly see what works and what doesn't. So bring it, bring it, give me some. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, so here's, here's the next one, right? So um, there was some really fascinating research out of, uh, I forget which, it was a university in Australia, I think possibly the University of New South Wales. Anyway, and they were looking at the causes of project failure. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered is that 40% of the, the causes of project failure happen before the project is even a project, uh. right? So that's things like picking the right project, making sure you have sufficient resources to support all your projects. Yeah, this is, this is portfolio level stuff. And, and if you bake failure into your projects before you even begin the project, then those poor PMs, right? They're like little hamsters running on the wheel. They're not going anywhere because you've already baked the failure in because at the portfolio level, you're not doing your job. Right. And, and that's huge. And, and I'm sure you've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why I suggest that this number is an opportunity for PMO leaders, right? If you're trying to figure out where you can provide value quickly, be the, um, the information engine to help business leaders have educated and informed conversations and decision making. And, you know, all of that feeds project prioritization and making sure we're even doing the right things before we figure out how to do them right. Right. And this is lots of rights there. And this is one thing, Stuart, that um, where I see PMO leaders making a big mistake is they'll go into an organization and the first thing they start doing is putting a bunch of templates, tools, and process in place, right? And they just start shoving stuff at people. And they're like, well, we got to make sure that all of our projects are done consistently. And we got to make sure that we've got all the templates and that we've got all this process. And what we're doing is alienating the business one template at a time, right? And so (laughs) we are right away getting business leaders going, ah, what have you done for me? First of all, all you've done is slow me down. You've made it harder for me to get anything done. And that is why we are treated as administrative overhead when we go in with that approach. Now, I'm not bashing templates, tools, and process. It's about timing. And it's about solving a business problem, a pain point first. And what you're saying here is that a big problem that we have is long before the project kickoff happens, right? It's back in the process of making sure that we're doing the right projects. We have the right resources allocated. Things are prioritized most effectively. And as our um, dear friend, Mike Hannon says, making sure that we're staggering them correctly throughout the year so that we can get maximum throughput, right? All of those things are at the portfolio level. And all of those things are things that project managers have a harder time influencing, but PMO leaders are strategically positioned to be able to support that process right from the start, right? PMO leaders should not be tying themselves to a project life cycle. They need to be business engines that are looking at that strategy, helping break that up into projects and being there right at the start, right? Um, And what's really cool about what you just said, Laura, and I'm going to pause for dramatic effect. (laughs) What's really cool is only the PMO can deliver that value. It's the only organization that speaks project and that speaks business. It's the only organization that has access to project delivery teams and method control over methodologies or influence over methodologies and things, and right. simultaneously has the ear of the, the, or should have the ear of the leadership team. So that is value that the PMO uniquely in the organization can deliver. So if you're not delivering it, nobody right. is. Right, exactly. And that's why you end up being sometimes brought in to fix a broken process, to fix the fact that the projects aren't delivering value. And the problem isn't even in the project. It's outside of the project. And that's one thing that 
Um, I spend some time when I'm working with my clients, I often spend a good bit of time with the C-suite as well as with the PMO leader, right? Talking to the C-suite about the role that they're playing in perpetuating the problem by you know, having every single project start on the same day at the beginning of the budget cycle. And then they're wondering why, you know, um, all the traffic on the roads are stopped in both directions. And it's because they let every single car on at the same time. As, as People Mike. really do that. I mean, do they really do that? They do. And that's the crazy thing is that then everyone's wondering why your subject matter experts won't even give you the time of day. And it's because you just put 14 projects on their plate all at once. And everyone is hounding them. When are you ready? When are you going to be ready? When are you going to work on my thing? As opposed to staggering throughout the year. And that's like one of the biggest no brainers, but it's not how we think and operate at the organizational level sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the PMO has an incredible opportunity into what you're saying. The only place in the organization where you have the information, you have the knowledge, you have the understanding of the whole landscape. And then can put all of that stuff in front of business leaders on a silver platter easily. You don't have to get complicated. Easily put all that information in front of them. And you want to earn your seat at the table? This is the fastest way to do it. Give them the information they need to make educated, informed decisions. Be that key critical resource that helps, that must be a part of the conversations around the organization's delivery of strategy. And you're in, baby. That's where it's at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and to emphasize that, I'm going to throw two more statistics at you. Yay. Hey, yay. And, and, and this is probably the last two for this podcast, because okay. I think everybody will be going to sleep soon. Um, <laughs> so, so the first one, and again, the, the, these both come from PMI Pulse of the Profession a few years ago. Um, so the first one is that um, half of projects are not resourced properly. Right. So, uh -huh. so you don't resource your project. Guess what happens? Right. You don't get the result you want. Right. Something's going to break. Right. So, so half of half of projects are not resourced properly. That, at least in part, is not a project problem. That's a portfolio problem, mm. right? It's about making sure you have the right resources available and that they're working on the right projects. The right projects are being prioritized. Right. right? So, so, so that's a portfolio problem, and, and very often the reason that they 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 don't have enough, uh, they're, they're not resourced properly, is because you got too many projects. Right. Okay. So that that definitely is a portfolio level problem. That's not a mm -hmm. project level problem. Makes perfect sense to me. And so I hope everyone that's listening is really focusing on that. If you just fixed that one problem and took that number from 50% using things like staggering and like proper prioritization and things like that, that are not hard to put in place, then you could be, if you could take that number from 50 to even 75%, just in the first, you know, few months that you're you know, doing, um, you know, that you're doing, rolling out this service. And you could do that. Like, you know, Stuart, you know, with our program, we do 90 day cycles. Every yeah. 90 days, you're delivering new services and capabilities. You could fix that in your first 90 days there and change dramatically the trajectory of your organization's ability to delivery strategy. Just fixing that one thing. That's just, that's just how easy this is. And I know we make it feel so complicated and overwhelming, but it's about focus, right? And absolutely. And, and that brings us to the final. Oh, God, we could have scripted this. We should. We probably should have <laughs> should scripted have. this. <laughs> That's all right. We knew we didn't need to because it's you and me, Stuart. We knew we yeah, could we get there in the end. <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Here exactly. Um, so, so the final the final stat is that, and it came from the same PM, uh, PMI Pulse, was that 20% of projects are, are, are basically so badly aligned with, with your strategic goals that, you should, that they should be killed. Now, now think about that, what we just talked about. We just said half of projects are not resourced properly. Right. But 20% of the projects we shouldn't be doing anyway. Oh, yeah. 
gosh, now surely we can put those two facts together somehow and solve some really big, hairy business problems. Right. right. So if we could, so if again, and, and this is a portfolio level challenge is to figure out which projects should we be doing? Which ones should we say no to? Mm-hmm. Which are the zombies that we should kill? Which are the pet projects that we should gently euthanize? Yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and if you if you can get rid of that 20 percent, then suddenly we've got more resources that we can put yeah. onto the projects that matter. And we've solved the, the resource problem. Yeah. Right? And, and, and not only have we not reduced the business value that we're delivering, if you're doing projects that are not aligned with your strategy, there's a good chance you're actually destroying business value. Right. Right. So by stopping doing those, you might actually by delivering less, you might be delivering more business value. And right. all of this is portfolio level work. It's all portfolio management that, right. that, that lets you release this extra business value. Stuart, thank you so much for being here today for this session. I really appreciate you. We really appreciate you sharing your brilliant insights and being a part of all the crazy ideas we have here at PMO Strategies. <laughs> As ever, it's my, my great pleasure and honor to, to be able to help and, you know, look forward to seeing everybody at the, uh, at the event, at the workshop and the seminars we're running. You know, we're going to be all over the place as well. So uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. Okay, Impact Driver, now that you've learned all about Stuart's perspective and the importance of portfolio prioritization, then you must check out our partnership and ways that you might even be able to get the Impact Engine system paid for. Or if you're already one of our fabulous program participants, you can get two months of software for free. So definitely go to pmostrategies.com forward slash transparent choice. And you can learn more about our fun partnership and the ways we are working together to elevate the role of the PMO and give you all the support you need to make a huge impact in your organization. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash transparent choice. And let's start making prioritization easy while giving you everything you need to thrive as a PMO leader. I'll see you there.